much revenue goes to the nonprofit partners? Well, right now, basically, it, it, and it's been pretty traditionally true, um, it averages between 8 and 10% of, of revenue. So, again, not a profit, a revenue. And a couple things to point out there. One is the commitment that we make to the literacy partner is a predefined percentage of the sale price. So if this is not a model that says, gee, you know, we'll give X percent of profits, and, you know, if we have a tough year and there's no profit, sorry, you don't get anything funded. We we make that commitment. It's a fiduciary commitment we make to the nonprofit. So when the book sells, it's a liability created on our balance sheet from the get-go, regardless of whether we make money or we don't. So we have to be obviously pretty careful on how we set that percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say 8 to 10% of revenue, to give you kind of a comparable um, look at it, is if you look at for-profit companies um, who, you know, who we might think of as great examples of, you know, uh, philanthropy or giving in the community. I always think of somebody like Target. Mm-hmm. Typically has a pretty good reputation in most communities, giving away a lot. Um, if you look at Target and look at their percent of giving or charity or donations as a percent of revenue, again, not of profits, um, it's, it begins with a decimal point. You know, it's like 0.2 or 0.02 percent. Mm-hmm. And if you look across the Fortune 500 or the Fortune 1000, that that is very consistent. You will see it as literally 0.0 something percent. So when we're there at eight to ten percent, it's a it's a I think a much healthier comp for us to look at, as opposed to some people look at that number, Olivia, and they're they're like eight to ten percent, gee, because they they put their nonprofit hat on and say, mm-hmm. well, a really good nonprofit is using you know 90 percent plus of every dollar they get goes out to direct support, direct programming, direct funding, you know, with 10% or less being overhead, you know, gee, it seems like you guys are flipped the other way. Well, again, two totally different ways to, to think of it. Okay, so let's get into the funding. So you felt that you needed funding to scale it. It's a simple concept, but there is some operational complexity and there's a lot of different partners are involved. Individuals, buyers and sellers, libraries, schools, course your nonprofit partners. What was your approach to getting the funding? Well, what we did from the outset, and this goes back to my point about how I got involved, because um, again, I, I felt like I had, I've raised a lot of money in different capacities before for companies. And so when I looked at this, I really believed that there was an opportunity for debt. So that was based on an assumption that we could get a bank to lend money against inventory that we had of used books. Now, why would a bank lend money against used inventory? Well, most don't, and we had a lot of, (laughs) trust me, we had a lot of doors kind of slammed in our face. But ultimately, I felt that we had such predictability around our ability to move inventory of a used, now again, this is back in the days when all we had was basically used college textbooks. And we had gone through a couple of cycles where we could say, gee, if I went out and collected, you know, 10,000 books, Three months later, and I collected them in May, gee, in August, I typically can sell about 80%, maybe 85% of those books at this average price. And then if I collect books in December, I can turn around in January and sell them again because it's, it's again, kind of built around the recurring schedule of the, of the college campus student in terms of their buying needs. So what, what we had to do is convince a bank that we had enough data and enough predictability around our model that they could feel good about lending against that inventory. I'm one of the first to say that this was a unique situation where we were building a company that had assets. I mean, had physical assets that we could, you know, that we could hopefully um, convince a lender to lend against. Um, many, many companies that are starting up are certainly service organizations. They're 
you know, their biggest asset or their greatest asset might be the intellectual property, it might be software, you know, anything. And obviously that's a tough, that's a, that's a different kind of conversation to have around how do you get initial funding um, than it was for us. So we really went down this path of saying if we can get a lender to come in, give us the capital to essentially, you know, go out and get more books, and then it becomes almost sort of a, a sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy that you know the more books in, the more I sell, the more revenue I get. I pay the debt down. I you know I get to my next cycle. I borrow money, and it just keeps growing. And that's it. Took us a little while, but the reality is, within about a couple of months of the time that I came on as CEO, I think literally it was within one to two months we had our first bank loan. It was an SBA loan, backed loan. I you know had experience in doing those loans before. We just ultimately found the right lender who was willing to take a chance, um, and we kind of grew from there. So we, we, again, we did it with the express intent of leveraging the assets we had, not going the equity route too early because we were very conscious of the fact that we wanted to make sure if we ever did get equity, which ultimately we did, that we wanted the valuation to be high enough to where we didn't, you know, we didn't give the store away to get it. How did you go about getting equity and venture funding? Well, we raised $4 million in April of 2008, so it's been two years now. The round was led by Good Capital. And certainly, as you know, Olivia, over the past four or five years, six years, there's been an, you know, there's been an advent of uh, social venture funds that have begun to crop up. Certainly Good Capital, we think, is probably the best of the lot. We had real mission alignment with Good Capital. We've been, we knew them for a while. You know, I had been talking to some of the folks at Good Capital for well over a year before we really got serious about this, um, making sure that we understood how they operated and vice versa. The reason, the primary reason we went when we did was because we were entering a new phase of what we really wanted to use the money for. It wasn't just bank financing to you know, finance more inventory and therefore more growth. We really wanted an opportunity to invest in our brand. So this is back earlier when I was talking about sort of the sell side of Better World Books, which is how do we build a brand? How do we build a raving, you know, uh, fan base and a population of book buyers who follow us and want to, you know, make Better World Books kind of their choice when it comes time for a book purchase? And so we knew to, to do that was going to take, you know, more patient money, was going to take some serious investment in um, building up a marketing staff and testing some things and getting into things like paid search and performance marketing metrics and all the other things we wanted to, to really tap into, social media. And so we said, gee, we're at a point now, if we're going to do this, now's the time. We felt like our valuation was something that would be high enough to, to warrant um, you know, an investment that we would be comfortable with. And it just sort of started from there. But it took... The one piece I would say, piece of advice would here, which which was is, is it's a it's a long time frame. It's not you know you don't walk in and mention you want to raise money and have it raised you know within a month. I mean it's it's in our case it was well over a year and it was really building relationship along the way, educating people about our business model along the way, exposing them to it, and then when the time was right, even from that point, even when you had a term sheet, it was two three four months down the road before we closed it up.